Hello friends, it's your old pal Aria Hawani back with another Wednesday edition of the Hawani Show. We got a lot going on today's program, a very emotional interview with Chris Weidman coming off that horrific leg injury at UFC 261. We'll talk to Yiri Prochaska, who is a rising star in the light heavyweight division, the star of this past weekend after his scintillating win over Dominic Reyes. And we'll talk to Roy McDonald as well, coming off his successful PFL debut. But before we get into all of that, a quick reminder for all the basketball fans out there, I encourage you to check out ESPN's Low Post podcast hosted by Zach Lowe. Uh, Zach Lowe talks to various basketball people about various basketball things each and every episode. So if you'd like to stay informed on all things basketball, download and follow the Low Post podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Also, ESPN Films' latest documentary, 144, executive produced by ESPN Radio and First Take, Her Take podcast host, as well as current WNBA player, Chanae Ogumake takes viewers inside the WNBA's unprecedented 2020 season. Four months after the WNBA postponed its season due to the COVID-19 pandemic, the league set out to play condensed season entirely in a bubble where 144 players across 12 teams not only came together to play basketball, but also to dedicate their season to social justice. 144 will premiere May 13th at 9 p.m. Eastern on ESPN. Then the film will be available on ESPN+. Plus immediately after its premiere. All right, on to today's program, which does contain some language that may not be suitable for all audiences. So as always, listener discretion is advised. Enjoy. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Ariel Helwani's MMA Show. Back in your life. On this Wednesday, May 5th, 2021. Hello again, everyone. I hope you're doing well. Welcome back to a brand new edition of the program. A lot to get to with a lot of interesting people on today's show. Uh, Some more MMA action coming up this week, and I'll tell you about that on the back end of the program. But on today's program, we're going to be talking to three very different personalities. Later on in the show, we'll talk to Roy McDonald who was successful in his PFL debut uh, last week. He defeated Curtis Millinder, looked great. First win in almost two years. Of course, didn't compete last year uh, due to PFL canceling its 2020 season. You'll recall around two years ago uh, after he beat uh, or actually fought uh, John Fitch to a draw, uh, Rory was kind of, I don't know, kind of considering and, 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 and talking about Uh, openly wanting to walk away from the sport it seemed like he was um it seemed like he was torn it seemed like he was going through a lot and so here he is two years later successful seems to be in a great place it was great to talk to him about his experience with pfl for the first time great to talk to him about uh the the time off and how it actually helped him last year moving to Florida, all that and more. So coming up later in the program, we'll talk to Roy McDonald. We'll also talk to Yeri Prochaska, who had that incredible victory over Dominic Reyes this past Saturday. Does he want a title shot next? What's up with the hair? Is he a samurai? His his amazing rise as of late, 12 straight wins. I believe 10 of them via finish. He is a budding star 
and someone that the UFC should be very excited about. This is my first conversation with him, so stay tuned for that. But first, a very emotional interview with Chris Weidman, his first uh, since that horrific leg break in Jacksonville at UFC 261. We talk about the injury, the thoughts going through his head when it all happened, the surgery, the recovery, what it's been like since then at home. I mean, just a lot to get to with a guy that I really respect and have you know covered for quite some time. He's been through so much. No one deserves to go through something like that, and he is handling it as best as possible. My heart goes out to Chris, and as you'll hear, it, it gets emotional at times. So stay tuned for that, my conversation with the one and only Chris Weidman. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance superchargers roof racks exhaust kits led headlights and more whether you're into speed power or style ebay motors has you covered with over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die you'll always find exactly what you're looking for and with ebay guaranteed fit your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back because with ebay motors you're burning rubber not cash with all the parts you need at the prices you want. It's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only exclusions apply. All right. Let's say hello now to Chris Weidman. Of course, we saw him uh, just a couple of weekends ago in Jacksonville. Unfortunate turn of events. Can't thank him enough for doing this interview. Uh, don't need a long introduction. We all know what happened. And he has provided really great updates on his social media. So kudos to Chris for that. But first off, Chris, uh, I guess the question that you've probably been asked a thousand times since that fight in Jacksonville, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling okay. You know, I'm, uh, I mean, uh, I've been through different cycles of, you know, of thoughts with this. It, it, it wasn't as easy as I thought it was going to be at all. Hang on one second. So I initially was super optimistic because I was after surgery. I just figured it was going to be three, you know, maybe three, four days worth of pain. Um, and then I'd be kind of back into it. You know, I've had 23 surgeries, so it's not like it's my first rodeo going through a surgery. This is my 24th surgery, actually. Um, but I didn't realize how different this was Um when compared to every other surgery I, I had, this was a serious traumatic thing that happened to my leg. And, um, the, the recovery is going to be way longer and, and harder than I've ever experienced. And so I, I had to go through that time. I had to go through a tough time. I want, I went through a tough time about the four or five day mark post surgery because it started going the other way. You know, it started becoming more painful as opposed to getting better. Um, and it was just so excruciating, man, like to get, to just get up for me to crutch my way to the bathroom, I would talk myself into it. Like, I just have to amp myself up and like mentally prepare myself to be mentally tough just to get to the bathroom because the amount of pain that that created when I got up from having my leg up above my heart to where I was putting that leg down, not actually putting weight on it, but just getting on crutches and going to the bathroom was so bad, man. The pooling of blood in my shin and my foot was just so terrible. Um, 
it went, I went from actually feeling pretty good with the anesthesia the first few days, you know, and as, as long as I wasn't getting up to go to the bathroom to where I had, I was literally sleeping all day long. Um, only time I was moving really was to go to the bathroom. Uh, and those moments were just terrible. Um, literally like crying and pain. <laughs> and I didn't, I just didn't expect that. I always felt like I was pretty good with pain. Um, and a lot of negative thoughts started creeping into my head because I've had some things gone wrong before and even in the public eye, but I don't think a lot of people even realize what went down. So when I fought Kelvin Gaslam, so during this crazy time period where I'm trying to, you know, get through the pain and I'm just sleeping all day, I did speak to the doctor and I started asking him some questions, some hard questions because things didn't seem right to me. And uh, so when I fought Kelvin Gaslam, I hit him with like a left hook when he was coming in a check left hook and I won that fight. But after that fight, I, um, I was out for over a year uh, because I broke my thumb on his head and then I tore a ligament. So they went in and fixed the ligament like pretty much a few days after the fight. Um, and they thought the surgery went well. Uh, but about eight weeks to 10 weeks later, they ended up realizing that the bone, because it was such a concussive hit that I hit him with Mason quiet. It was such a concussive hit. There's Murray sneaking through a Colton. <laughs> uh, it was such a concussive hit that I hit him with the blood supply to the bone never came back. You just have to be quiet. Can you assume me? This What's is Colton. Up, What's up, Colton? You just got oh. finished with the school. I love okay. the shirt. He said he loves the shirt. He doesn't know. He doesn't know he's in P R E K. So he doesn't like to hear that. Okay. But uh, <laughs> he goes pre K. <laughs> um, don't touch that. Um, <clears throat> so the blood, the blood supply to the bone never came back. So my bone was just dying. So there was nothing they could do at that point. They had to go in and take out everything they did with surgery, take out that bone that was dying and they didn't have the blood supply in it anymore and take my hip bone out, put it in there, fuse the joint. And that's what I have here. That's why my thumb only really moves like this um, because they fused this whole joint down here how with can, uh, with a plate and uh, my hip do bone. That? Hang how on. Can you do that? So obviously now this was a serious concussive blow that I just hit. Um, that I hit your right hole with and my leg shattered in two. And so when I started feeling this pain, I remember feeling a crazy pain when I was having my hand, when I was recovering my hand surgery and it wasn't going well. And so I was asking the doctor, like, what if the, is there a chance that blood supply doesn't come back to the bone? Like, then what happens? And he actually said, yeah, there's uh, it actually, unfortunately the tibia bone has probably, it has the lowest percentage of taking and healing uh, when you compare it to other bones. So that's not a good thing, uh, but it's still a low percentage, which is it's about 5% that it doesn't take. But I'm thinking, all right, if it already happened to me once in my hand, am I even more of a candidate of my blood not coming back to a bone? And there's just no there's no telling, which honestly, that would mean what he straight up told me. That's most people like to do amputation and then, you know, prosthetics and all that stuff. So, you know. I do kind of always think, always kind of think of worst case scenarios, even when I was face down on that, on that canvas. And, um, I was trying to search for silver linings and I, I would, I, when they were trying to feel my pulse in my foot, I knew what that meant. I remember it all. And, um, I, 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 I was thinking about, you know, well, all right, let's, I guess, you know, prosthetics have gone a long way if they have to amputate it, you know, and then I'm going to have to deal with it. And, Obviously, you know, I was, I was trying to make a silver line even with that. So I'm prepared for anything. Um, I don't think that's going to happen. 
but I'm just telling you like some of the thoughts that are going through my mind, that's, that was one negative thing. And one of the things I spoke to the doctor about, and I'm still a little concerned about, um, the other thing is that my foot still hasn't had complete feeling come back yet. So the bottom of my foot and some of the toes are still like, almost like you fell, like your foot fell asleep. Um, and there's no telling with nerves how long they take to come back or if they ever come back. So I've had my fair share of nerve damage, you know, and, and nerves that kind of went bad. You know, I've had two neck surgeries, so I've had, you know, weakness and, and numb feeling and tingling and all that stuff. Uh, I've dealt with that for a long time. And then when they took my hip bone out, I've had two surgeries where they took my hip bone out and put it into my hands. And the first one, the feeling never came back to my hip. They said it was going to come back. Don't worry. And then I still have numbness for like in a large majority of my hip area. Uh, my hand still has numbness, you know, by the scar. Um, so sometimes I, I just know, you know, if it ever comes back, you know, it may never come back, you know? So that's not a good thing because, uh, I think I was talking to my surgeon or another doctor I've been on. I can't even tell you this last week has been a blur with pain medication and pain and stuff. But, um, I spoke to somebody and they were saying that <clears throat> for athletes, like the proprioceptors in your foot. Uh, are super valuable, obviously. And so like, I need to get that full. I need to get that feeling back in my foot. Like I could move my toes. I could feel that they're there. They're just not, um, as they're not normal, you know, it's just, they're still like sleeping or whatever. So I'm hoping that goes back. And, uh, I start physical therapy today to just switch it over to a completely different subject. But yeah, I start, I start today. And, and the goal is to literally just get into the car get to the physical therapy office. And if I just have, if I'm able to just put my leg up, that is uh, it, like, just put it up and ice it while I'm there. They just want to get me into that environment. They want to get me out of my house and uh, kind of deal with that excruciating pain of, you know, standing up and, you know, crutching and having the blood flow. So I'm not looking forward to that. Um, but I just know, you know, I gotta, I gotta start doing it. So. So obviously a, a lot there and a lot of things I'm, I'm that, was a, uh, that was a rant. That was, that no, was but a that's, rant. I appreciate I apologize. it. No, no, not at all. Is it possible? So there's two things that I guess you're dealing with now, the physical pain and the mental pain, right? Is it possible that because you're allowing your brain to go in a million different directions, you're on the couch, you're in bed, you're not doing much, right? You're usually a guy who's very active is, is in a weird way, the mental pain greater than the physical pain or not quite yet? Uh, you know, I don't let my, I don't really let myself really dwell on that too much. Like I'm when I when I when you first asked that question, like the first thing that popped in my head was like the frustration. I'm getting emotional. I don't know why. Uh, <laughs> I, I just it's just it's just very frustrating. I was just in a I was in a very good spot physically, mentally, spiritually. I had some big goals I was ready to accomplish, and. Uh, I cannot believe this happened to me. You, you were talking about the thoughts that were going through your mind, like in mm. the cage, you remember all that vividly. Cause I would think that that yeah. would be a blur. No, I actually remember that very vividly. Um, wow. yeah. So the first thing I remember is I don't remember stepping back. I didn't think I actually stepped back and my leg do the same thing. And it's silver did where it completely, you know, snapped and, um, but I re all I remember is hitting him with the shot. And the first thing that went through my mind was that was a super hard leg kick. And, like, he's not taking more than one or two of those. Like, that had to have hurt him. 
then secondly, I looked up at his eyes and I saw him have like almost like a poker face on. I'm like, oh, bro, there's no more. There's no more. You can't take any more of those. I know that had to have hurt. And then apparently I stepped back and that's must have been where I looked down. and I got the visual of my leg flopping around. Um, I don't remember stepping down, but I remember seeing my leg, you know, rubbery. And knowing what just happened, I hit the floor. I told Uriah Hall, I'm good. Like, don't hit me. Yeah. <laughs> the second here, I put my head down and I just was, I just took, the, took a bunch of moments and I just was, uh, um, first, I cannot believe that was my leg. There's no way that was my leg. Like, what the hell? Um, and then, then I was like, okay, I'm dealing with some severe pain right now. I need to just calm down and just relax. And so I put my head down, I was relaxing. And then the chaos was beginning to mount around me um, with the doctors and Herb Dean and all that. And I'm, you know, they're right away. They're trying to like turn me over. I could hear them, you know, discussing between them and almost the uncertainty of the situation and the shock even on them. Uh, but I was still staying calm. I wasn't making noises and I was putting my head down and Herb Dean at one point, he looks, he's like, you know, I guess probably looking down on me, my head was down, but, and he, he starts yelling out to them. He's out. He's unconscious. He's unconscious. And I'm like, no, I'm not. I'm just trying to stay calm. And I put my head back down. Uh, and then, then next thing I know they want to move me, you know, put it into this, this brace or splint. Uh, and I was just, uh, being asking them what they're trying to do and let's work together here. Like, let's not like, you know, I, I, you decide because I knew my leg was snapped in half and I understand if someone has my foot and someone has my knee and you go in different directions, my, right. they're not going to be working well together. So I was just like, let me know what you're going to do. Let's do it together, please. And I was like trying to almost direct the situation. And, uh, and then the pain really started hitting. And then it went from me, you know, being super calm, not talking at all to like, singing i was humming and uh praying and that was that was crazy you what were you singing i remember i i was singing a bunch of things anything to keep my mind off of it i wanted to hear i didn't want to hear what they were saying anymore because uh -huh. it was scary the things they were saying you know when they start talking about the pulse in my foot and you you don't you can't hear them say if they hear it or not and, you know, I was just started making noise in my own head, so I didn't hear them. I was covering my ears. I know, at least in the hospital, I remember covering my ears a lot and just yelling and making noises, so I couldn't hear them like say anything. And it was also a way for me to deal with the pain that was going on. Um, I remember seeing. I remember at one point singing, uh, "Jesus loves me, yes he does." <laughs> so I start. I went back to like my elementary religion religion classes. Um, uh, I don't know what else I was singing exactly, but I was just humming and making noises. Um, and then when I got into the back, I was, you know, screaming for my wife, making sure, you know, she was back there with me. They were like saying they were going to have to leave without her. They, I remember they had won the boy in the ambulance. I'm like, where is Moravia? And they couldn't find her. And they ended up finding her. She got on the ambulance. They were like, we're leaving without her. I'm like, you are not leaving without her. I will jump out of this ambulance. <laughs> uh, it was that. And then the other thing, literally, probably, I don't know, 30 seconds into me being injured. When can you guys put me out? Get me, get me pain medication immediately. And they couldn't get me any pain medication until I was on the ambulance. So on the ambulance, I'm like, put the, you know, get me the IV, put the pain medication in me right now. Please, please, please. I was just begging to be 
not deal with this type of pain. Um, I can't even describe that pain, man. It was, uh, it was something I'll never be able to really articulate. It was just so, it was brutal, man. From the, you could feel the bones, you know, rubbing against each other, especially, you know, if they were one guy's picking up on my heel and not realizing my leg is snapped and now the tibia and fibula are bumping into each other. And who knows my, obviously there was bone hanging out my calf too. I don't know what was going on. Um, I was keeping my eyes closed, but it was, the pain was terrible. Colton, you cannot be making tiger noises here. I'm assuming um, you said 24 surgeries now, unlike anything, not even close to anything you've ever yeah, felt, right? I mean, listen, I've had 10 knee surgeries, three elbow surgeries, two neck surgeries, three hand surgeries, eye surgery. You know, um, I don't, I've had, I've had pretty much everything you could possibly have. Um, this was, this is still to this day. I don't know what, how many, how many days I'm out from surgery, maybe nine, uh, nothing like I've ever felt before, but I was happy to hear this is to be expected. There's right. been people who reached out to me on Instagram who've gone through some of the things that, because I was paranoid about how long this pain is. And then I started making me worry about like, you know, the blood supply and everything. It's, it's expected to be this terrible. It's almost like, you know, it's almost like my leg got blown up, you know, it was super traumatic. And the force that you come, I came in on that kick on, uh, with is, uh, is now the pain that I'm feeling. Um, I think, you know, the doctor was explaining it was, it's that shot, the amount of power and, you know, the velocity that it happened, like basically wrapped around a pole, kicked as hard, you know, I kicked as hard as I can completely fresh. And uh, it's that, it's that explosive, you know, nature of the kick that I'm feeling now. And uh, it's obviously like nothing I've ever felt before. You know, for those watching it at home, shocking obviously very rare thing to see but then of course as i'm sure you know by now the the connection to anderson silva is just mind-blowing right like the fact that it happened with you being the opponent now it happens to you do you recall at what point you were like i can't believe the same thing just happened to me i think honestly when i was face down for like when i was face down i think that immediately popped in my head like is this a bad dream like how is that possible it all process, you know, kind of like I was a normal person just looking from outside and from the outside looking in like, hang on, bro. All right. So I was a part of Innocent Silver. This happened to Innocent Silver. And this happens to me. Like, how the hell does this happen? What is what is God telling me right now? Like, there has there has to be a silver lining here, you know. And that was the other thing I was really, you know, focused on when I, when I hit the deck is there has to be a reason for this. There has to be a, a, a like something good has to come out of this because otherwise I just don't understand why this is happening to me. Um, like what's the chances, you know, and you know, you watch guys kick all night long and they might've kicked on that same exact spot with similar effort and, you know, legs aren't snapping. Like what's, why did that happen to me? I mean, there's three light breaks in the history of the UFC and I'm a part of two of them. Mm. Do I get something for that? You know, like <laughs> do I get anything for that? Um, yeah. Have you asked your doctors? I don't know if this is even something they could answer. You know, I've, I've heard people say like, Oh, maybe there were micro fractures, which led to this, or is it just like a freak thing? I saw Conor McGregor came out and said something about micro fractures. I could tell you, I had no, nothing wrong with my shin at all going into this fight. Never had pain in my shin while kicking. Um, I, I, you know, a bunch of 
fighters, obviously, I know like, their shins are all beat up and, you know, their calves are beat up or whatever. And um, I kick very hard. I know that. Any, but it might not be the prettiest, but when I kick, it's super. Every, everyone who's ever sparred me or anything is like, bro, you got to start kicking more in your fights and stuff. And I'm like, I know, I know. Um, but I know, I know I kick hard, um, but I've never had any issues with, with my, with my shins. Um, I didn't even, yeah, I don't, I, I just, it doesn't make sense. You know, did I not have enough, enough calcium or something? I, I, I've been, I have all my vitamins, I eat healthy. I, I was never in better shape than I was going into this fight than I've ever been. Like I, I was in such good shape. I did not stop working out since, some t- since uh, September. A lot of weightlifting, which I never did, which I know makes your bones stronger. It was, uh, it's mind boggling to me. It, to me, it, 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 there's a silver lining somewhere and it's going to take some time to, f- to find it and see it play out. But I feel like there's going to be some good that comes out of this. And, um, you know, I, I, uh, I'm praying and I'm optimistic. I'll be back out there sooner than anybody thinks. And, uh, hopefully I can inspire people who, who are going through tough times and they able to, uh, push through and accomplish things that nobody else thinks they, they could. So right now that's the mindset. So when you get to the hospital, um, how soon after do you have the surgery and what exactly was the surgery? I saw they put a, a metal rod in your leg, correct? Yes. Yeah. So I get to the hospital and right away, I'm, I mean, that must have been annoying as hell, but I was crying. I'll be, every doctor who came by me, I'm like grabbing their hand because they didn't let family and anybody around me for a large majority of it because they put first they they took me and they put me in the back and they were going to try to set my leg. So take it out of the skin and the calf muscle bring it back in and set it, clean it up and everything, you know? So the infection is less worrisome and they were going to do it while I'm awake. And I was just like, please put me to sleep. Please put me to sleep. But they said they couldn't do it. And they eventually put me into a twilight sleep, which I, and I remember kind of waking up during it, um, which is funny, but um, they, uh, I just wanted them to put me to sleep. And like I said, I was, there was no one back there. Um, other than like doctors and stuff, I was holding their hands and, you know, putting it on my face. I was in so much pain, man, so much pain. And they had gave me morphine and uh, was it a dormitol, I think is the other one. Uh, they gave me ketamine. They were giving me everything. I just kept asking for more. I'm like, please, please, anything. Just like put me to sleep. I just, when do I get to go to surgery? And they were talking about 7 a.m. the next day. I'm like, yo, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. Please just put me to sleep. I cannot deal with this all night long. Uh, so they put me, they put me into a twilight sleep. They put it back in, they put it back, uh, you know, I guess made it a little bit better of a position for it to be with, to, to be able to maintain overnight. And I had to deal with the pain until seven in the morning or seven 30 until they finally put me into surgery. Uh, during that time I had visitors who came in once they stabilized it. Uh, you know, Dana White came, which is, which is awesome. I really appreciated that. Uh, Reed Harris came out and I was just such a, like everyone's saying how tough I am and all that. <laughs> I was crying. I'm holding their hands. You know, I was just, I was in a very terrible spot. Not because I, I was, I don't even think I was emotional for any other reason than the pain I was going through was just uh, something I've never experienced. And I had to deal, and I knew I had to deal with it all throughout the night. It was just freaking a nightmare. Um. Yeah, so Reed Harris, Dana, my whole, you know, my bunch of my my, my obviously my mom and dad, my wife, my my 
my family, my cousins. Uh, uh, so I had a lot of support, but it was just really rough. I didn't want anybody to leave me because <laughs> I needed someone's hand to hold, you know. Um, and then uh, surgery-wise, which obviously I couldn't wait for it just because I knew they were going to get to put me to sleep and I just wanted to be not – I wanted to be pain-free. Um, they went in and they go, so they go through it. I, I can show you now. You want to see the, like the scars and stuff, right? Sure. <laughs> okay. So this scar right here, can you see that? Yeah. Yeah. So this big one up top, this is where they opened me up and they took the, the titanium rod and they put it through the knee joint into the, uh, the center of the tibia bone here. Uh-huh. And the, I, this is all what they, they explained this to me, but the tibia bone, and just like all bones, you have the bone marrow. So it's a little softer on, in the middle. And they, I believe they hammered, hammered it through the center of the tibia bone all the way from the top of the knee through the knee joint, which is why my knee's been killing me, all the way down to the, the ankle. Okay. So I got a titanium rod that they put in the middle of that bone. And, and where the fracture was, they lined it up, I guess, perfectly was the hope. And uh, hammered it through the center of both bones and now that bone is one straight line um now it has to take to the titanium and also take to the bone itself and heal um the other bone that snapped in half was the fibula that's like the bone in the back the smaller one that they actually just left completely broken and they want that to heal on their own usually they don't touch the fibula um it's not as weight bearing i don't think it's it may not be weight bearing at all um, which is kind of crazy because anytime I move my leg, if I go to pick up my leg right now, the, I feel the clicking and the movement of the fibula just moving in there. It's not super painful. And they told me it was going to happen. So it's not like a shock, but when I move it, when I move my leg around, I can feel the, the fibula just like, you know, clicking around in there moving. And at some point it, the hope is that it finds itself and heals and that, you know, it will, um, yeah. So then, uh, these, these are the portal scars here. Are, do you see that? Yep, yep. So that's where they must have went in there with tools and helped guide that 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 uh, titanium rod down that bone. Um, wow. And then the other issue that they had to deal with was the. Uh, let me see if I can get this. Oh my! This is where. Yep. This is where the uh, the bone came crashing through my my calf muscle, and then through the skin. Uh, I when I step back. Mm-hmm. so that's uh the other thing and so just to be clear because you alluded to this you want to fight again right this is your plan this is your goal because usually you go through something traumatic you don't want to experience whatever led to that trauma <laughs> but it sounds to me like this is what you want right man i just it's just so frustrating i don't know how much work it's going to take um but yeah this is what i want man i just i know I just know how good I am and I want to be able to prove it. And I don't have many more years left of being able to do that. And if I'm able to get my, my, my body never felt so good before this fight. I just can't believe this happened. It just sucks. Um, I really was excited to show the world, you know, how good I am, you know, to, you know, put it out there, but um, this happened. So I just, I just want an opportunity to go out there and uh, do what I'm, I know I'm capable of while I still can. And so if, if I can get my body back to where I feel like I'm that guy again, 
Uh, I 100% want to fight. I want to be able to demonstrate, you know, the talents I have. And, uh, you know, put on a show and then also be able to, you know, inspire other people. Like, coming back from this is uh, not going to be easy. And uh, there's going to be – it's way, way tougher of a recovery already in the first 10 days than I, you know, than I could ever have imagined. So it's going to be a long, long road. Now, this is the first time – I mean, I'm not able to walk. You know, I'm not going to be able to walk for, I think, two months. You know, put weight on it and stuff. So I am completely just bedridden. You know, I lay down with my leg up. I can't get around. You know, it's 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 brutal. So I'm relying on you know my wife, my my family to do everything for me. So it's it's cra- it's a crazy uh, crazy thing. I've never never did this before. What do you do to pass the time? So, like I said, yeah, yesterday was the first day really where I. I could do what I wanted to do. Uh, it wasn't so painful. Um, and I was able to stay off the drugs to where I could play a video game. And so mm-hmm. I was playing video games. I played Call of Duty all day, all yesterday. And I never, I, I never really, I haven't been able to play in a while. Um, so it's good to get on there and just start dominating people, you know, in some Call of Duty. Um, but yeah, so yes, it was the first day. Every other day, it's been, you know, I would love to do that. And everyone's asking me, oh, yo, you guys start gaming and whatever. And I'm just like, bro, I can't. I'm in so much pain and uh, I'm sleeping or I'm sleeping and going to the bathroom. And that's it. Like literally I was uh, for I don't know, three, four days. I was just sleeping all day long and, and sleeping all night. So I was getting good sleep. But uh, the pain was pretty vicious. Are you familiar with the story of Alex Smith? I know Alex Smith, but not really his, his story about his leg injury and everything he's been through. And I'm just wondering if uh, people have reached out to you athletes who have been through, I mean, obviously it's not the most common injury, but anyone who's inspired you or anyone you've been now reading about and, and have said, or watched videos. I mean, the Alex Smith story is an incredible one, what he's been able to go through and come back to the NFL. Um, have you been able to draw inspiration from any one or two people, any stories? <sighs> Not yet, just because, I, like I said, I've been in so much pain. I haven't had time. I haven't looked at videos. I'm not watching anything. Okay. The first couple of days, I actually was probably that's where I was the best. I was, you know, I'm, you know, starting a YouTube channel, and I was, you know, having my buddy Seki come over to interview me and all that. And, uh, then that got shut down for a while. <laughs> I was like, I can't be around anybody. I'm dead. Um, I haven't had time to look at. It anything to inspire me or encourage me or I, I honestly even like direct messages I may look at them um, go through them a little bit just it's nice to see how much love and love and uh, support I'm getting during this time that's definitely something I want to address like I am so thankful um, I've never been so thankful uh, for all the fans that are out there usually you know you see haters and it kind of mm-hmm. makes it not want to even look um, I have not seen anything negative like oh, people are really coming out and uh letting me know how much they they're uh supporting me and they're praying for me and they're really you know you know thinking about me and wanting me to get better and everyone just feels terrible for me um it's it's really nice and a lot of people have reached out with you know encouraging stories but i just haven't been able to really process it all uh just because i like you know from drugs to severe, you know, pain and just sleeping and just not really being in this world per se. 
it does seem though that you are uh, taking it upon yourself to really update people. Like, you know, you use social media, but I feel like you've used it a little more over the past nine or so days. Is this something that you want to do? Or do you think now you just said like your friend was interviewing you and you had to start like, do you think that maybe that gets to be a lot as well? No, no, I plan on, I really do plan on documenting this um, as thoroughly as possible. Um, and usually I'm not that guy. I'm, I honestly, I like, I don't know. I just don't like putting myself out there that much. I don't like, you know, thinking I'm better than anybody and like, Oh, look at me doing this. Look at me doing that. I just always kind of been a thing that's held me back. And I think social media world, um, I think it's stupid. I should be, but I just, just, I don't know, just natural habit. Uh, but with this the amount of like love and support I've got and the prayers, um, I want to really keep people updated as best as possible. So I did start a YouTube channel and I'm going to stay consistent with it. And I'm going to put as like, you know, I've been doing testimonials, you know, throughout the day, you know, from when I'm in the worst of pain, um, you know, from my mom rubbing my feet because, you know, we're trying to get the feeling back, you know, with lotion and, you know, going from, they have, I have like this special potty <laughs> that sits over the toilet that's taller but then you gotta use the same one for the shower so i gotta wait for someone you know you know when you gotta use the bathroom you sit on that thing so your knee isn't as flexed or bent um and then you gotta that's where i have to sit when i shower i can't obviously stand oh and that's just such a you know i want to shower but man is that brutal just even sitting down with your leg down with the with the blood um but yeah, I just want to. I, I I'm I'm documenting everything, and um, I'm you know started the YouTube channel, and I just want to keep people in the loop as much as possible. What a story! Uh, what a story your career has been, from living in your parents' basement to to Hurricane Sandy and 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 the knockouts against uh, the likes of Anderson Silva and Vitor Belfort and Leona Machida and and everything that you've accomplished. Uh, I'd like to think that someone up above puts certain people in these situations and uh, you have been an inspiration your entire career and you will now be one for many other people who are going through hard things and your return to the UFC, to the octagon, whatever you choose to do is going to be an incredible story. So, uh, you know, I wish you nothing but the best. I know that you'll get through this. You're as tough as they come mentally and, and spiritually. So, uh, I know it's going to be tough, but you know, there's millions, literally millions of people who are pulling for you and sending you good vibes. So I think that you'll be able to overcome it, especially with your family there in uh, South Carolina. So I won't take up more of your time, Chris. Thank you for doing this. Uh, I wish you nothing but the best. And I wish you a very, very speedy recovery. Thank you, Ariel. I, <laughs> I can't really talk right now without crying. So I'm just going to shut up. Um, thank you. Now, let's talk about the play of the week. The pressure to follow up Hypnotic and Cognac, weighing heavy on the team. Hypnotic was in the cup, blue and ready for the play. And boom! Añejo Tequila came in with a smooth assist to Hypnotic's tropical fruit finish. Shaken, strained, poured. It was green and good! The playmaking splash shifted the tempo. Another great cocktail from the Hypnotic team. Every season is Hypnotic and Tequila season. Hypnotic Liqueur, Bardstown, Kentucky, 17% alcohol by volume. Hypnotic reminds you to think wisely, drink wisely. All right, let us say hello now to one of the most talked about men in mixed martial arts. He is coming off that incredible victory over Dominic Reyes this past Saturday in Las Vegas. He's one of the top contenders 
in the light heavyweight division. Everyone is buzzing about this man, Yuri Prochaska, who is back home in the Czech Republic, kind enough to join us. Yuri, thank you so much for the time. Great to talk to you for the first time and congratulations on the win. Thank you. Thank you. Hello, everybody. So yeah. uh, could you put into words, Yuri, what the last couple of days have been like for you? I saw you, you came home, you had a big press conference, everyone's buzzing, everyone's talking about you. What has it been like? Yeah, it was uh, a lot of pressure because, especially because I have not, I never have had uh, an opponent like a Dominic Reyes because he, uh, the face-off on the weigh-in with him, uh, that was the, that was the, another level because <laughs> I felt from him no, 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 uh, no hate, no aggression, just uh, just uh, nothing, just nothing, no emotion. And that was the pleasure to fight with the guy who, who is in the first time in my life, like uh, not the first time, there was uh, many opponents, like not, not many, but there was opponent like him. But uh, that was a pleasure to fight with the guy who, who takes the fighting like uh, some, some like, like me. Yeah, because uh, there is I'm on the wedding. I'm I don't I know feel the the hate or aggression. Everything must be under control in this on on this level, mm-hmm. on this highest level, on, on the top level, top board level, and that was the pleasure fighting with him. Yeah, and then and then when you came home, I saw on your Instagram they did some yeah. big uh, media event press conference for you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There, there was a big celebrate. For my friends and the media now is the crazy here <laughs> a little bit yeah uh did you ever think that you would get this kind of attention back home in the czech republic because you know mma sometimes doesn't get a lot of love yeah. and attention yeah. and now it seems like you're becoming a star back home did you ever yeah. think that this would happen and especially in czech republic because there there is the mma is not so uh, not so big sport like yeah, uh, popular yeah popular yeah and uh it's uh <laughs> i'm enjoying that mm-hmm. not so much but i'm staying on under i'm on the ground still but uh it's it's yeah it's a change a little bit you don't like the attention it's it, it's it's a little too much for you uh yeah just just a little bit but i'm uh, i'm uh with, uh, but there is a problem, a little problem uh, with the jet lag. I'm a little bit tired, but uh, there is uh, so many, so many things to do, so many uh, medias to wants to talk, and and <laughs> I want to 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 keep myself a little bit uh, alone and uh, start to start to remember what's happened in the fight, start to watch the fight, and enjoy the these these uh, these fights like uh to see what's 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 what will be on the plan for the plan to upgrade on my next season so the finish was spectacular one of the the best knockouts that we've seen this year were you happy with the fight because the first round was frenetic you landed punches he landed punches overall are you happy with the fight i'm not happy with the fight uh I'm happy uh, that I will, I will, I may, I made, uh, I made, uh, 
a step up from the from the first fight, from the first fight because uh, the first fight was uh, the first round was horrible for me, and I was needed to, to change this style to a little upgrade that, and I made a, a step up in that to like I did uh, more defense, the hands up and and these these stuffs, but. Uh, there was so many punches. Uh, what uh, Dominic, he he landed uh, the punches to me, and uh, and uh, that was uh, each each one of these these punches can can be can be uh, the the finisher, mm-hmm. and uh, that's that's the that's not the right way. So how do you how do you change this? Because I think the fans love your style because yeah. your fights are like a brawl. Yeah, you yeah. take punches, but ultimately, I don't think you want to get hit this much, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, I need to change that uh, <laughs> because I love the I, I like to to keep keep the fight in the pressure all the time in the pressure. But I <laughs> when you keep that in the in this highest pressure. Uh, you need to to count with uh, with these counters, and Dominic's counters was so technical, and uh, some of them was was hard to. So that was the little problem. The spinning back elbows—that's something that you worked on a lot in this camp for this fight. No, that was just. <laughs> That was just the flow. That was just the flow. I I'm, I'm, I used that. I used that in the sparring just maybe three times uh, from the, all the preparing. And uh, yeah, that's all. It's very clear that martial arts mean a lot to you. you. You love the honor and the dignity that comes with being a martial artist. When you see your opponent fall like that and he's out a little bit, what, what do you feel inside? Do you... You know, like I'm, I'm sure you're happy that you you won, but I also get the sense from just watching you that you don't want to, you know, damage your opponent to the sense where he can't fight anymore or be, you know, yeah. hurt long term. So how do you feel when you see that? Yeah, yeah, that was the that was too the uh, like the horrible. Uh, that was the uh, bad for me to to watch it what I did, <laughs> but. But uh, that's the that's the that's the way how we all the fighters uh, winning the fights, yeah, to to kill the to kill the other opponent. But there is nothing personal, no no nothing personal, just uh, just pure art. Mm-hmm. I'm taking that like 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 a like an art, mm-hmm. and that's it. Would it be fair to say that you're going to keep the hair the way it is yeah. because it brought you good luck? Yeah, no, not 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 for the luck, but uh, I started to to keep the these these fighting way uh, on another level on the on the next level, and I think that's the that's the best way. That's the best way, and that's why I'm I will keep these these hair. Who inspired that look? Uh, inspired, I was inspired by by Muay Thai warriors because they they use that they use that uh, uh, 
uh, Moncon. You know what is the Moncon before the before the fight? They they do the Vicru. That's the that's the fighting dance before before the fight, and they use some uh, like some special hat. And uh, it means some tradition, like traditional strong spirit, uh, and yeah, these these things and Shaolin monks. I like this, this all these, all these fighting stuffs, like like true martial arts way and about the spirit, and and that's that's why I keep it. Obviously, yeah. I know you you have fought in Japan, of course, for Ryzen, but have you ever had a chance to train? in china as well no not yet not yet not uh and in japan too i didn't train in japan just fought i'm just assuming you'd like to right yes yeah sure yeah um and so one of the big talking points after the fight is you should fight for the belt next but as you know glover Teixeira and jan bachovich are fighting in september which means that the winner probably would only be ready to fight maybe January or February, maybe December, but probably not. So what, what would you like to see happen? Do you want to wait for the winner of that fight or do you want to remain active? Uh, I think, I think about, I think about that. And I think now, um, because I need to, I need to, uh, how to, how to say uh, I need to uh, use these uh, skills from from this my last uh, fight to to next preparing and uh, and I think uh, I need a little time so I think the half half year will be will be the the, the great time uh, yeah so you'd like to wait for the winner of the title fight yeah yeah sure okay. Because I I want I wanted to because for the title fight now wow what the man now it's it's uh, it's uh, because after that they they said uh, on the after fight they said me uh, you will be fight on uh, for for the title and I said why why so early and uh, because because uh, I was. Uh, I said, okay, let's go, let's go for for the for the title on the shortest way, but uh, I was not ready to 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 talk about that after after the fight, so it was a little surprise for me. And but now I think I need a little time to upgrade a little bit my style because I'm growing from the fight to to fight, and for the opponent like. Uh, Blahovich or Teixeira, I need to, to to take just a little time to upgrade my style and uh, to comp- to to use new weapons. Yeah, to be more da- to be more dangerous, to be more to use the more precision and uh, yeah, because these these mistakes from this fight with the Reyes. Uh, I can do that in the in the title fight. Mm-hmm. But but to be clear, you don't want to fight someone else between fighting for the belt, like uh, an Alexander Rakic or someone like that. You want to wait for the winner of Jan and Glover, right? Now, that's my plan. Yeah, okay. no, no, that's my plan. But 
that's my vision. That's my vision. If okay. if the UFC uh, or president of the UFC, the Dana White, uh, will set, no, you need to fight with the Rakic first. Okay, let's do that. But but uh, I think uh, I think I I deserved the, the this this fight because the Dominic was a great opponent yeah. for that. I think uh, does he the Dominic. Was he? He is the better than the the Alexander, but no, nothing personal. Uh, how big of a deal if if Jan beats Glover, would a title fight in Europe, in 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 Central Eastern Europe? How big of a deal would it be for you from the Czech Republic, Yuri Prochaska <laughs> going up against the Polish Jan Bachowicz? That I feel like that would be a really big deal. Yeah, I think too. I think the same. But uh, the how I uh, I watch the the Blahovich, how he talks and how he's uh, the, like a person, and I like him. I like him. It will be pleasure to fight with him, and and I will enjoy this these all these things around the fight. Uh, by the way, uh, BJP. What does that What does that mean? <laughs> That's mean Bombiak Picha. That's in Czech language, uh, like. Uh, that's my idea from the youngest uh, from from my when i started with the martial arts i did some training for this for the special power of punches and i i, I say that that's a that's a bayepe bombiak picha training and and after that after many years uh, i kept i keep i keep the, the training every sunday my special BJP training um, for, for the for the special punches. I keep that till these 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 days. All my eleventh uh, or twelve years now of career. Every Sunday is my BJP training <laughs> for for the for the for to to find the target and to be in my technique uh, to most destroyer guys. Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah. By the way, 2015 December was your last loss against Mohamed Lawal. If yeah. I would have told Yuri back in 2015 that you would not lose afterwards, you would win 12 straight. You would win two straight via incredible knockout in the UFC. You'd be on the 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 doorstep of fighting for the UFC title. Would you have believed me in December of 2015 that your story would have unfolded this way? Who? I think yes, because uh, my target was every all the time, every time, the UFC, the UFC, UFC title, and all these, all these things. What's what's happened? So, yeah, it's an incredible thing, and uh, it's amazing to see all the uh, the buzz surrounding you right now. Everyone's very excited about you and what you're bringing to that division. You're young, 28 years old. The division is a little older for you. What is your what is your ultimate dream? Your ultimate goal? in this sport what is it mastery mastery and that's the that's the my my main uh well like a whole holy dream like my my holy i don't want to talk about that so much because i need to keep it in the quiet because that's for me so holy and uh that's the way what i want to do uh that's the way how i want to do like uh master myself to to rule 
rule, rule my body, rule my mind, rule my emotions, and use my body like a perfect weapon for the fight. That's do, you do you have mentors who are teaching you to master your mind and your body? I had, uh, I have uh, uh, my coach, Yaroslav, uh, Yaroslav Hobezak, and he gave me uh, the book of five rings from, from the most popular samurai from, from the Japan, Miyamoto Musashi's. And, and from this time, it's, it's, uh, that's, he started that, uh, uh, I, I, I start to watch the, for, for this, all this fighting uh, way. And for all these uh, fighting stuffs from another angle, and uh, it gives me, it gives me, it gave me the purpose of fighting, like uh, like I ever uh, like I ever look like for. Mm. Well, congratulations, Yuri! Uh, very exciting to see what you are doing. Very happy for you. Enjoy it, my friend, and I look forward to seeing what is next for you. Thank you for the time. Thank you. My pleasure. Thank you. 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? <laughs> Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash network, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash network now to grow your business. No matter what stage you're in, shopify.com slash network. All right. Pleasure to say hello now. It's been a while since I talked to this man, a man who won last week in his PFL debut. Fantastic win, fantastic performance. Way to kick things off with a new promotion. You know this man, the one and only Rory McDonald, kind enough to join us. Rory, how are you? Doing good, thanks. Good to talk to you and congratulations on the win. Uh, you know, it had been, as I'm sure you know, and you don't need me to tell you, almost two years since your last victory, since the last time you had your hand raised. Of course, last year was a wash for so many fighters, especially in PFL. What was it like to feel that feeling again? I, I was trying to zero in on you and, and you were, it felt like you were kind of like almost being kind of washed over by the moment. What was it like for you internally to get your hand raised? Yeah, I was super grateful for just being able to be back doing what I love and uh, also just being hungry and happy to be there. Last little while of my career, kind of like, like, you know, uh, after like the John Fitch fight and several performances, I just, I didn't show up, you know, I wasn't really sure if this is what I wanted to be doing, but with some time away from the sport, I got to reflect and, recalibrate and uh i was very excited to be able to do it um what i love to do and uh i was very happy to be able to walk away with the win and a great performance so it was it was nice i believe the last time we spoke was in december of 2019 when you signed with pfl right after leaving bellator um and then of course last year like I said, it was a wash. There were no PFL events in a weird way. I'm sure there was a part of you initially that was frustrated that they essentially canceled the season, but did that end up being a blessing in disguise for you because you were allowed to take some time off and weren't being forced to get back in the cage? Yeah, absolutely. Obviously coming off of a loss against Douglas Lima, 
every fighter just wants to reconcile that and get a win under their belt. So I was kind of disappointed at first, but as the year went on, I realized that this is exactly what I needed to take some time away and actually, you know, think about things that I, I didn't want to think about before and address things that I didn't want to. And uh, that year off gave me the opportunity to deal with those, those things that I was just kind of leaving on the back burner. Like what? Uh, well, you know, just my, my, uh, my whole approach to fighting, really, um, my drive, why I even wanted to be there, you know. Um, and then once I figured out, you know, yes, I, I want to do this, why I want to do this. Um, getting my motivation and hunger back to actually train and work hard. I actually had to go and put in the work. Um, I wasn't doing that before, you know, I was kind of cutting corners and, you know, just being in my comfort zone. So I had to take myself out of my comfort zone last year, even though I know nothing really on the horizon, as far as a fight, I had to get myself back in harden, harden my mind, harden my body. And, um, you know, also um, just like my balancing my mental approach to being a family man and, uh, you know, fighting and what that means for me now. So uh, just coming to realization about all that and putting things into perspective. So especially like the last point that you brought up, balancing being a family man and a fighter, how do you do that? Like, how do you get to the point where you feel like you have figured it out? Who helps you get there? My wife is a huge, you know, help for me. You know, she handles a lot of things at home for me with the kids and, and all that. So that's, that's mostly covered. It's just more like, um, you know, when I, when I became a father, um, not at first, but after a little while, it just, I, I, I let my, my guard down and I got very comfortable, you know, just spending time with family and, you know, being that soft kind of dad figure and taking time away from what I needed to be doing in my work and not being able to find that right, that good balance between the two. And so now I feel like I figured that out to be able to, you know, have my, my time with my kids and then be able to separate that time and, and go and, and put in hard work. And also when I visualize fighting to also just harden myself for, for battle to make sure that I'm not like, you know, a soft, you know, I'm soft mentally going into a fight. I'll go in there battle ready. Other than, uh, obviously, I'm sure, countless conversations with your wife, you, you talk to a professional, like, you know, a, a sports uh, psychologist, someone like that, to help you figure this out? No, just, no. Uh, just like, you know, sometimes we have things in our lives that we intentionally ignore that we don't want to address. And, you know, spending time in thought about it and making tough decisions. Uh, I wasn't doing those things before. And this year off gave me the opportunity to, to do it. And I forced myself to make the necessary changes and to actually spend the time thinking about, you know, what went wrong? Uh, where did I, where did I screw up to, uh, you know, leave myself kind of 
in this position where I'm disappointed in my last handful of fights. So you mentioned that John Fitch fight, which was almost exactly two years ago, April 27th of 2019. If you would have told me, you know, a week or so later that Rory would still be fighting and thriving and, and here you are, it looks like there's a potentially great year ahead for you. I'm not really sure based on what you said in the cage and your, your body language, I'm not really sure if I would have believed it. Would you have believed it, that it would have turned out like this back then? If you would have talked to that guy who was in San Jose that night? Um, I, maybe, maybe not. Like I was just, I was, I was kind of juggling the idea. Like what, you know, I just didn't know because all I'd known in my entire life is fighting. I'm 31 uh, going on 32 soon. I started fighting professionally at 16 years old and it's kind of all I've ever grown up knowing what to do. So have not having that desire anymore was confusing to me. And I uh, didn't really know uh, where that left me. So uh, happy to have that back. You know, it uh, wasn't a, a fun process to go through that, but necessary, I think. Do you feel like it's fully back or, or like, was it fully back going into this fight or maybe the win helped you fully get it back? Where do you feel like you're, you're at now? No, no, I've, I've been like fully dialed in since like, you know, probably like after the first quarter of 2020. Okay. Um, being with a new promotion is not new to you, of course, because you went through it with Bellator. How would you describe the experience the first time out here with, uh, with the PFL? I really enjoyed the fight. Uh, the production was some of the best that I've ever been a part of, even though there was no fans. Um, the bubble experience was not, you know, my favorite thing to do, but... Uh, 17 days, right? Yeah. Wow. But uh, the training rooms and everything they provided were, were good. So I wasn't really happy with the bubble. But... Uh, <laughs> We got through it, and uh, we're getting through these these um, this time with COVID, where people are doing all kinds of crazy restrictions, and uh, you know, hopefully in the future we could uh, we could have fans back and just go back to normal. Uh, will you have to do the uh, the seventeen day bubble for all the fights, or is that still up in the air? They just emailed me that they're doing a twelve day bubble for the next one. Okay, so it's going down. And, yeah. And do you know when your next one is yet? Yeah, it's on June 17th, but I don't have it yet. Okay. Um, and, and overall, like you feel like this is a promotion, like get, you know, cause you've been with the UFC at its peak. Um, you saw about like, so you know what it's like to run a successful promotion and, and how a fighter should be treated. Do you feel like there are, you know, positive signs there that the PFL is here to stay? Absolutely. You know, they still are young and I feel like I could give them a hand with, you know, things that I see that can be improved, but I don't think uh, they're big changes. They, uh, they're doing a good job. Okay. Um, overall, when you look back at Bellator, your experience in Bellator, how would you describe it? It was good. I, uh, you know, I, I feel like when I was going into that title fight against Lima, they really, uh, they kind of, I, I feel like they threw me under the bus a little bit in the lead up to that. Like they really were rooting for Douglas Lima. It was very obvious. How and, so? Uh, what made you feel that way? Uh, just the promotion, like about it. Like, I just feel like they took a certain angle to kind of, 
I don't know, put the light on Douglas, which is fine. He was, he did a great job in the tournament. You know, I felt like they decided to put the angle on of me not being really sure if I even wanted to fight anymore. Mm. And uh, I just felt like very, felt a lot of pressure of breathing down my neck. You know, I fought um, Musasi, had a terrible performance against him. And then um, I think I got entered late into the tournament against John because of it. Something happened, I can't remember. And then it was like they wanted me to fight like, Boom, 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 like three, three fights, like right away. I think I fought, um, I fought Neiman, like. Yeah, April, April, June, and October. Okay. Same year. So that's. Yeah, they wanted me to to fight Douglas, I think in July, Mm -hmm. August, but my son was being born. Anyway, it was a big, uh, it was a big uproar about that, that I wanted some time to like get my family organized, but you know, I, I don't want to be a big complainer. I mean, I had, I had good opportunities with them. I had uh, some good fights and uh, unfortunately some of my kind of, uh, you know, performances I'm not super proud of were under their banner and I can understand that they weren't super happy with that either. So can't put all the blame on them either. Was it ultimately your decision to leave or was it a mutual decision? Well, I I was negotiating with them before the Douglas Lima fight when my management was. Mm-hmm. And they had just, they kept, uh, they were very unorganized when it comes to that kind of stuff. And they kept like kind of, yeah, we'll get around to it sort of thing. It was very slow responses, you know. And my management was kind of trying to figure out a deal to lock up the next contract to stay with Bellator. Um, But they never really seemed to get their numbers straight and any, like the serious negotiations never really even got started. Okay. It was very preliminary. And uh, the talks were very slow. And uh, before you know it, I had been, I had, I had fought. I'm a, and then I became a free agent because they had, they still had more time after the fight even to renegotiate. And uh, again, they just seemed very like behind the, the ball and um, a little bit busy or something. Same, I don't know if you talked to Michael Chandler, but I had the basically exact same serious, um, exact same thing happened to me as Michael Chandler, where it just felt like the negotiations, like, could never really get into a deep dive into negotiating. Okay. Um, or, speak- know, I was a free agent and was able to talk to other promotions. And so I went ahead and, and I went with uh, the best offer. Speaking of Michael Chandler, um, I'm assuming you've talked to him while in Florida. Uh, those who have been following your story know that you're in Florida. Now you've been training at Sanford MMA. Is this a full-time move? for you and your family are you are you no longer training in montreal or even living in montreal anymore no i'm still i'm still like my permanent residence is still there in montreal okay but um because of covid there's no training really going on in in, where i'm from so made the decision to come down here and it's been it's been really good i've been really enjoying it so i'm just going with the flow at the moment possible you like it so much that you just move full-time 
full time. Um, I don't know. I, I Canada is my home, so maybe I'll bounce around, you know. But we'll see. But you did have I saw Faraz in your corner, so you're still affiliated with TriStar. Yeah, and even Toshido in Western mm-hmm. Canada, right. David Lee. It's just, um, you know, kind of COVID just everything so complicated. Not even all my coaches could come to the fight because when Canadians have to cross back over the border, they got to do a whole, a whole thing. I'm sure you know about like mm-hmm. going to hotels and fines, so thousands of dollars of fines, and if you don't do that, and testing and two weeks of quarantine at home. It's just uh, it's a it's big a process. A lot of people, things going on, jobs and families and things like that. So is it tough for you? Like you have your coaches, you like you have for us there, but you didn't do this training camp with him. Is that, is that a challenge? No, it wasn't really at all a challenge. Ross knows my style very well and has cornered me a lot. I I mean, I've been here since February. So, I mean, I haven't really, it's not like I evolved in that a matter of months. I really just, I tried to sharpen my sword of the, the bag of tools I already had, you know, I didn't try to add new things, you know, to my, to my toolbox. I just kind of sharpened my sword down here. Uh, one of the ways I think a lot of people realized you were in Florida was this picture emerged of you and Robbie Lawler at the gym. Um, was that the first time that you ever were like in the, you know, having a conversation in the same room as him since the fight at UFC 189? And even if not, what has it been like being around him in training? Uh, Robbie's a great guy. Super nice. I seen him yesterday at the gym. He's a very, uh, you know, down to earth guy and uh, always looking to help. And, uh, you know, if if I had an issue or, you know, needed something, he was always the first guy to point me in a certain direction or offer help in some way. So it's been a super, super cool guy to interact with, especially, Cause we had such a, you know, a big fight. We had two fights, you know, so, but yeah. Um, the first time I think we talked was when I first went to Florida in 2020, I went in like February or January. And, uh, I, that's when I, my first time I went down there, I, I, I was talking with him down there. Did you guys reminisce? Did you, did you speak? I mean, it's an iconic fight that, it's one of the greatest of all time. Did you did you go there or not even? I don't even think we've ever spoke about it, to be honest. Wow, that is wild. Maybe nothing needs to be said. I don't know. I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> <laughs> um, I saw, I think a fan, didn't the fan bring like a picture for you guys to sign or something like that or a painting at the gym? Yeah, there was a guy training with us. I think he brought it. Okay. And even that didn't spark a conversation. Oh, remember this? Nothing of that sort. Not really. Okay. I, uh, I, 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 uh, we both just finished training and we were both tired and the guy wanted to take a picture and he asked us to take a picture and we kind of like just did it and carried on. Um, so now Rory, you're, you're, as you said, 31 going on 32. Um, just curious during this time, have you decided how long you want to do this for? Or are you not going to put a cap on your career? Well, I have a goal, you know, I want to be the best welterweight in the, in the world. And um, I think I could do that in a matter of like uh, a few years. Um, after that, I don't know. 
what to expect, but I think I could be doing this for another, you know, 10 years or so, but I don't know. We'll wow. see. That'll be quite the right. With PFL, you're happy here. You feel like you're in a good spot. It's all come together for you. I'm with PFL for, for two seasons. Okay. And I'm going to recalibrate after that. Okay. Uh, Rory, I appreciate this. Very happy for you. Uh, welcome back. As a lot of people said, it was really great to see you uh, get your hand raised and looking forward to seeing what you'll do with the uh, with the new promotion in this season, next season, and then we'll see where it goes from there. But like I said, uh, it was a really great sight. So hope you enjoy the victory and good luck in June. All right. Thanks a lot. All right. Thank you very much to Roy McDonald, Yuri Prochaska, and Chris Weidman. Like I said, the Weidman interview was tough. I can't thank him enough. Uh, I can't imagine the pain that he's going through. I can't imagine everything that he's dealing with mentally and physically. Really appreciate him talking to us. Appreciate Yuri as well. I enjoyed speaking to him for the first time. And it was great to talk to Rory, who I have not talked to in quite some time as well. So I hope you enjoyed all those interviews. Speaking of PFL, they are back on Thursday with the debut of Fabricio Verdum. So a nice little stretch for them. Debut of Anthony Pettis. Debut of Rory McDonald last week. This week, it's the debut of Fabricio Verdum against Henan Fejera. You also have the return of Kayla Harrison, who's one of the faces of the promotion. Also, Mohamed Usman, who is the younger brother of one Kamaru Usman. So stay tuned for that. Justin Willis making his debut on the prelims as well. So that's this Thursday on the ESPN family of networks. UFC is back on Saturday. Before that, we have Bellator on Friday. It was supposed to be Yoel Romero versus Rumble Johnson. Instead, it's Jose Augusto versus Anthony Rumble Johnson. Unfortunately, Romero did not get medically cleared. Still a fun card. Juan Archuleta against Sergio Pettis for the bantamweight title. Uh, like I said, Augusto versus Rumble Johnson, who's fighting for the first time in about four years. Patricky Pitbull against Peter Queeley. Derek Anderson versus Michael Venom Page. Also on that card, you got Patchy Mix on the uh, prelims, Rafael Carvalho, uh, and some other names, Henry Corrales, Eric Perez. So that's this Friday on Showtime. And then this Saturday, we were supposed to get TJ Dillashaw versus Corey Sandhagen, which I could not wait for. Unfortunately, TJ cut above his eye. So we're getting Michelle Watterson versus Marina Rodriguez. This card is at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN, the main card. We're also getting Donald Cerrone against Alex Morono. That was supposed to be Cerrone versus Diego Sanchez. You know by now, Diego Sanchez no longer a member of the UFC. Neil Magny versus Jeff Neal. Interesting fight at 170. Diego Fajera against Gregor Gillespie is a really fun fight as well at 155. Angela Hill against Amanda Hibas. Ben Rothwell in the prelims. Prelims start at 5 p.m. Eastern on ESPN+. Plus. Again, main card at 8 p.m. Eastern on ESPN and ESPN+. Plus. Speaking of cuts, speaking of injuries, the only other big news that happened uh, this week, of course, we found out on Monday night, Nathan Diaz, Leon Edwards, not happening anymore. Um, on May 15th, it's now scheduled for June 12th. Uh, Nathan Diaz suffered an undisclosed injury, so they had to, and a very rare thing. I mean, he's never really pulled out of a fight due to an injury. So you got to feel for Leon Edwards, who has had to deal with uh, many obstacles over the last couple of years, but hopefully we'll get that that fight on June 12th. And June 12th, all of a sudden, turning out to be a very good card. Israel Adesanya against Marvin Vittori, Davison Figueredo against Brandon Moreno, and now Nathan Diaz versus Leon Edwards. So the new co-main event for next week's card in Houston will be Tony Ferguson against the one and only Benil Darius. All right. 
I'm out of time. Go to ESPN.com uh, to check out all our stuff. Go to the YouTube page, youtube.com slash ESPN MMA. I also have an interview up there with uh, Rich Chow, formerly of uh, Bellator, their longtime matchmaker, has since left the company. Check that out as well. Continue to rate, download, subscribe, and review. We appreciate it very much. It means more than you know. Back next week, same time and place. Until then, I say peace. I'm out of here.